0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Talking Talent. I'm Nicole Fuqua. You're listening to our audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. Today, we're talking about recruitment process outsourcing or RPO. RPO is a type of business process outsourcing where an external organization, an RPO provider, supports an employer's talent acquisition function by assuming responsibility for parts or all facets of talent acquisition for some or all of an employer's hiring needs. During an RPO engagement, the RPO Providers team works closely with the client's talent acquisition and HR department and hiring managers to learn the organization's long-term talent acquisition strategy, hiring challenges, and goals. RPO Providers then design a customized recruiting program tailored to support the client's specific needs. This focus on client consultation and partnership distinguishes RPO Providers from standard staffing agencies and headhunters. Joining us to talk about RPO is Jessie McGowan, PeopleScout's leader of business development in North America. She spends the majority of her time talking to prospective customers about our solutions here at PeopleScout, but she is client delivery at heart. Jessie, thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: So I want to start today by asking you, what are some of the biggest trends that you're seeing from clients who are seeking RPO right now? What are some of the biggest drivers bringing people to RPO?
1: That's a great question. So certainly every organization's uh, motivation is unique, but I would say if I had to boil it down, the first would be um, a desire to elevate the sourcing function. So uh, scarce candidate skill sets are driving organizations to look at how do we get the right candidates in the funnel? And they know they need to look at it differently today. I'd say the second would be technology. There's an overwhelming amount of new technology available on the market, and it's really hard to digest and sort through what might be a good fit. So certainly technology is top of mind. And then I would say uh, process support. So certain organizations continue to be overwhelmed by candidates. Uh, Many of those candidates are also customers. And so uh the desire of an organization to provide a world-class experience to those customer candidates, regardless of uh whether their skill set's gonna be a right fit and they'll ultimately be hired. Um, I think those are are probably the, the main ones. Overall, every organization is feeling pressure to provide a superior candidate experience. And so most organizations are thinking very critically of how they're doing business today um, in order to drive uh, the next version of recruitment.
0: I mean, we talk a lot about the skills shortage. How sure. much of that do you hear from prospective customers?
1: It's a pain point for every type of organization. So, frontline organizations that are hiring entry level, um, minimally skilled roles are experiencing the crunch, all the way through uh, the most technical types of organizations engineering roles, uh, data scientists, um, very high skill, high tech type functions. Um, some of these roles, the candidates, just don't exist. Um, Some of these roles, the candidates are not in the right geographies. And so it's really important for an organization to have the right amount of data and insight into where are the candidates? How do I attract them? And then um, how do I tell them a compelling story that makes them want to join my organization?
0: So thinking about the RPO partnership, what makes it different from other types of professional services
1: partnerships? I love this question. This is, this is my thing. Um, the RPO relationship between the provider, PeopleScout, and uh, the partner organization is really unique. It's quite different than your typical vendor uh, relationship or your vendor negotiation. You're ultimately outsourcing one of the most important functions of your business to us, uh, the attraction of your people. And so that makes the engagement really unique. It doesn't mean there shouldn't be strict contractual terms or service level agreements and KPIs, but it does mean that the approach is probably going to be different than the organization you buy your raw materials from.
0: For organizations where leaders are thinking about working with an RPO provider What advice can you give to help them find the right partner for their organization? What should they be looking for? And what kind of questions should
1: they be asking? Sure. Um, Well, it's a lot more than just aligned skill sets. So most organizations typically, um, especially first generation RPO buyers, so organizations that have never had an RPO partnership in place, when they start to explore the market, they're looking for a provider that has supported companies just like theirs or similar skill sets. That's certainly important. Um, But I think what's more important or a more strategic approach is understanding a provider's approach to partnership. These are typically three or more year type engagements. Um, So we're going to be working together for a number of years. And so partnership fit. mission and values, um, alignment to how we do business together um, is even more important than an alignment across skill sets. We're recruiting experts. We employ about 2,000 recruiters. So um, I would wager we're going to have the right recruiters within our organization. What I think is more strategic or provides more strategic value to, uh, to the partner is are we the right fit as partners? Um, can we see ourselves doing business together for many years and growing together? Um, because the market is constantly changing. And so having a response, highly responsive partner um, that is uh, committed to your organization is, uh, is probably the priority.
0: So going back to those drivers we talked about at the beginning, how can an organization that's looking for an RPO provider ensure that the provider is going to address those issues that they're looking to solve.
1: Yeah, so a lot of that happens through the, um, really through the sales process. So as we explore a potential relationship, getting to know one another through meetings and discovery sessions, capabilities, presentations, um, I think it's important for that organization that's potentially seeking a partner to explore what kind of technology offerings the RPO provider has and, and what's their approach to technology. Uh, people scout certainly has a point of view there that I think is a differentiator. Uh, what suite of services do they offer? Will they be able to grow with my organization? For instance, if we wanted to add an MSP provider or if there's an element of temporary staffing, is this the the type of partner that might be able to also assist me in those areas? Um, would certainly be um, something for that organization to consider.
0: So when you're working with an RPO provider, clients are often gonna see a lot of change in their programs when they get started. What advice do you have for embracing and managing that change?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, they wanna see change. If they're not seeing change uh, in the implementation of their RPO solution, uh, they're not gonna achieve differentiated results. So that's really important. Um, having a partner with a lot of experience around change management is key and feeling that comfort level that your partner's going to take you through the process through tools, experience, and ongoing support. Um, but I would say embracing the change first off and knowing that this is the first step in, um, in building your world-class TA function is is number one. Uh, Number two would be setting the right expectations with the stakeholders. And oftentimes the best way to do that is by involving them in the process early on. So involving those stakeholders in the presentations with your potential providers so that they are being educated along the way, so that they get some say or some influence in which partner uh, wins the business um and so that none of these messages are a surprise you know um marketing's all about repetition um this is a similar approach you know we want those stakeholders to hear change is coming here's why here's the value um and so where i've seen organizations involve the right stakeholders early on is where i've seen the most success is, through implementation and then program launch
0: what type of change or changes have you seen organizations go through that might be the biggest impact, um, kind of require the most change management, um, or even be the most difficult for an organization?
1: Sure. Well, um, habits are difficult to break for anyone. (laughs) Um, and so often the Uh, there's some low-hanging fruit when you're implementing an RPO solution, and that is to deliver a reduction in time and process. Um, A reduction in time and process is what your business is going to see and respond positively to right out of the gate. And so in order to drive that, we've got to change some behaviors. And so that might be something as simple as requesting 24-hour feedback on interviews so that we can ensure that we're capturing the right candidates with offers or declines. Um, So that behavior can be difficult. Um, Encouraging hiring managers to be very open about interview scheduling um, and essentially maybe blocking time off in advance, for instance. That can be a difficult habit to change, and yet uh, when we're able to do it, it can definitely deliver elevated results.
0: So, when you're getting into a new RPO partnership, SLAs and KPIs are obviously a big part of the conversation. How do you know which are the right SLAs and KPIs to really drive success in your
1: program? Sure. Well, every organization is different and has a different history associated with uh, their business metrics. So, first off, we want to understand what are the organization's priorities and areas of focus. Um, But just as a philosophy, we can get very complex, um, and oftentimes have uh, service service level agreements, you know, tenfold. However, what I always encourage um, our partners to consider is, if a recruiter can't boil down their measures of success to a post-it note, um, we might have overcomplicated. Um, and so certainly uh, measures around time and process, like time to fill, time to present, um, quality metrics, like selection ratios. So interview to hire is a good one. Um, and then ones that speak to uh, acceptance rates and retention. Um, I would say those are the the primary ones that we use to understand if we're delivering solid results. Um, and then if we want to get more volume in there. We can do that around KPIs. I've had discussions with some
0: other people in talent acquisition before who brought up the idea of vanity metrics and sanity metrics. So oh. the metrics that might make you feel good, but don't make a huge difference. Um, and then the metrics that are really driving your success, driving success in the program. Is that an approach that you take when you're looking at setting this something like this up?
1: Yeah, well, I love that expression. I haven't heard it before, but I'll probably borrow it. Um, that certainly exists I think during our um, implementation we spend a ton of time on reporting it's a huge area of focus what we want to understand is what measures are really driving value and insights so if a measure or report isn't driving informed business decisions it's probably that vanity metric and probably really not necessary we can report on it if it's important to your CFO Um, But what we really want to focus on are those sanity metrics, the metrics that measure the quality of the candidate, the quality of the process, um, and speak to um, the real business results that, that you're contracting us to provide.
0: And I would assume that these metrics aren't static, from day one as a program evolves over time, can you tell me a little bit how sure. they change? Yeah,
1: um, we would prefer those metrics to evolve over time. So oftentimes we are launching a program with a certain set of metrics that might be based on Uh, history of that organization or might be the sanity metrics that we think are going to be essential to measuring the quality of the program. And then very quickly, as we master different parts of the process or drive elevated or refined results, we find that we're able to uh, change our focus. So essentially, if we've mastered time to present, we can move on Um, to focus within a different area of the business and measure a different driver.
0: Can you talk to me a little bit about how technology fits into the process? And what are some of the opportunities a client can find with technology and the right RPO partner?
1: Sure. So technology is really exciting today. There are hundreds of new products coming out every month. uh, And we see it as our role as an RPO partner uh, to be constantly surveying the market, um, having a a strong understanding of what's available out there and being able to make the right recommendations to our team. Uh, That's what we did when we built our Affinix technology stack. Uh, We saw a real opportunity in the market to provide candidates that consumer-like experience that we all um, take advantage of every day when we make a purchase on Amazon. And so that's what Affinix does when it comes to the candidate experience. Um, But our take on technology is... That it's people plus technology. Uh, We're certainly not proposing that we replace uh, recruiters or that human interaction with the tech, but we certainly leverage the technology to drive robust candidate pipelines. Um, It bolsters our speed to market. Uh, When our uh, recruiters are using Affinix, they're able to come up with a short list of candidates within minutes Um, of completing a requisition in the system, and so that translates to real value um, and real business results to our partners, so we're really excited about it. It also frees up our recruiters to be more talent consultants, and so it elevates the experience for the hiring manager. It elevates the experience for the candidate because they're really getting special care, attention, and coaching from our recruiters, Um, And it it allows our recruiters to really grow in their roles rather than do work that can really easily be replaced by tech. So, technology is
0: obviously having a big impact on the talent acquisition industry. What other ways are you seeing RPO
1: transform right now? Sure, this is a good one. Um, Well, we're seeing perspective partners be really creative around the suite of services they want to take advantage of, um, which is great because we have that flexibility. So we're seeing um, RFPs be very specific about which subset or range of services they're interested in evaluating. Um, we didn't used to see that. It, it, it used to be, I think, a lot Um, more broad. So the consumer's definitely becoming more educated around what's available, which is great. Um, The other thing is um, that we're very excited about is the opportunity to harness um, the potential of total workforce solutions, where you have a single provider that is supporting both your recruitment process, so full-time direct hires, as well as managing your contingent workforce. And so what we see is the potential for organizations to really take advantage of that single partnership, that single reporting platform that enables them to make better informed decisions around um, labor purchases, essentially. So what are you most excited about for the future of RPO? I would say the potential that's out there. Um, as the technology capability grows um, and solutions become more sophisticated, I think the the landscape's going to open up even more to even perhaps small medium sized businesses. Um, RPO has historically been something that's really for the big players, so organizations that are hiring a thousand or more every year. And I see our technology enabling us to bring, RPO services to to that medium business size um, in a way that we just haven't seen before.
0: Well, that sounds like a great place to wrap up. So, Jesse, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Happy to come back anytime. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions that we didn't cover today, you can send them our way. Just email us at marketing at people scout.com, or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. To make sure you don't miss an episode, visit our blog and subscribe to our feed on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review. Talking Talent is a People Scout production, music by sound design, through Shutterstock.